listening to a criticism does not validate the criticism. Higher ed seems to act like listening to the public's criticism makes it true. What I would suggest is listening is very helpful. Any industry that has been successful navigating over time, evolving in terms of industries, if you think about entrepreneurs, the North Star is be obsessed with your customer. Be obsessed with, with genuine curiosity, not judging them. And that's how you create products, services, solutions that actually meet their needs. Me running a network, I'd be obsessed with my members. And that means that they will likely at time have feedback about my work that maybe, maybe I disagree with, right? Welcome to Innovating Together, a podcast produced by the University Innovation Alliance. This is a podcast for busy people in higher education who are looking for the best ideas, inspiration, and leaders that will help you improve student success. I'm your host, Bridget Burns. Each week, I partner with a journalist to have a conversation with a sitting college president, chancellor, system leader, or someone in the broader ecosystem who's really an inspiring leader. And the goal is to have a conversation to distill their perspective and their insights gathered from their leadership journey. Our hope is that this is inspiring and gives you something to look forward to each week. This episode, my co-host is Inside Higher Ed co-founder and CEO, Doug Lederman. Each week, Doug and I team up typically to have a conversation with a third person who is typically a leader in the field to give you a sense of perspective and optimism for the week ahead and to also distill a bit of their wisdom. That's why we call it Start with the Week with Wisdom. This is going to be a special episode. We've been uh, asked for more of these where it's Doug and I kind of reacting and responding and just talking about the things that are going on right now or what we're seeing in terms of a broad trend in higher ed. And given that it's the end of the year, this will be part one of our kind of reflection on where we're at and what we're seeing and what we should be paying attention to. So that's what we're going to do today. So I want to start off by Doug and I actually got a chance to hang out in person this week. So we got a chance to huddle and chat about what's going on. And but the last time I'd seen you was at APLU in person. And I know that we had planned in our last of these shows to reflect on what we saw. But I think since then, you've had a variety of opportunities to talk to more college presidents, myself as well. And we also had a great conversation with Ruth Watkins from Strata that touched on, I think, kind of what we're seeing. And so this is going to be our space to unpack it. So I'll just lead off with Doug, uh, as a journalist who's been working in higher ed for, I don't know, like a hundred years. Is it, is it <laughs> something like that? Yeah. Like that? <laughs> Pretty uh, close. Your job so, is look at the white. So what are the broad themes that, uh, you know, I feel like there's a, cons- a few consistent drum beats that you're picking up right now. And I just want to hear from you because I know that part of it Part of your job as a journalist is to, you know, to see it and to report on it, but also I think you're synthesizing for us and you're giving us, yeah. you know, what's the, what's the dashboard need to say right now? Yeah. Yeah, no, it's, it's a, it's a good question. I mean, there's, there's a handful of things and, and the one, uh, the things that we're paying the most attention to are probably the financial state of institutions, you know, and the steady drumbeat of closures and other things, but that's really sort of, that's probably that that's occupying a lot of our time. We're obviously paying a ton of attention to political machinations surrounding higher education. I guess what's at the core of the most fundamental sort of thing that I've been thinking about and wrestling with, and these things are related, are is the sort of increased public questioning of how well higher education institutions collectively, particularly, are serving 
are meeting the country's needs, the, the needs of the country and of individuals. And that's obviously a very complex set of questions. And, and the way I've been thinking about it the most is there's no question we're seeing increasing doubts and harder questions being asked. And that's just the reality. And, and that's not going to change. There's no going back from that, I think. And, and I, some of it's in terms of formal accountability from government entities. Some of it's just people voting with their feet and either not enrolling or starting to, or so, so I guess the, the big question to me that I'm thinking a lot about, and it's reflected here and there in our news coverage, but it's much more fundamental than that, is how well, how, how much are people within higher education understanding that there's a problem or that there is real doubt about whether how well colleges are meeting the needs of what, meeting today's needs. And so one of it is sort of a, 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 about recognition. And there's, there's, I think there is some recognition, but there's also a lot of, we just need to tell our story better, which there's a piece of, of telling the story better that's, that's true. That is something that higher ed could do a lot better at. But there are also things that institutions need to do differently because again not because what they what they do now wasn't good or isn't still good but the big question is is it doing what we what we the people need today and i think that is the part figuring out how institutions can sort of understand what is being asked of them today and then adapting to do some of those things better or differently, that's the big job. And the trickiest thing for me is that that's something that some, some of those things are things institutions can do on their own, but some of it is somewhat systemic. And we have a problem uh, in higher education that we don't, it's very difficult to get systemic movement in what is a non-system of higher education. It is an Maybe it's an ecosystem. It's probably def meets the definition of an ecosystem, but it's so just like a constellation of mostly independent entities. And so figuring out kind of what can be done collectively and how. So anyway, I, it's a, a lot more questions than answers, but that's kind of where my head is right now. Yeah. And I, I picked that up as the the topic when we were at APLU that you know I heard about some of the sessions and saw some of the after effects where people were pretty surprised by the just sense that, well, we really don't have a solution here. And I was just lis listening to what you're saying, a few things. One is I, I just, I want to say that listening to a criticism does not validate the criticism. And I think that we, as a, again, we're not a collective, but higher ed seems to act like listening to the public's criticism makes it true or, or it somehow like, and so what I would suggest is listening is very helpful. Any industry that has been successful navigating over time, evolving in terms of industries, if you think about entrepreneurs, the North Star is be obsessed with your customer. Be obsessed with with genuine curiosity, not judging them. And that's how you create products, services, solutions that actually meet their needs. Me running a network, I'd be obsessed with my members. 
And that means that they will likely at time have feedback about my work that maybe, maybe I disagree with. Right. But I should be, I should be curious. And I don't, that's the thing I just pick up is the lack of curiosity, the lack of, sometimes it's even a lack of listening, but it is a reactionary nature. It is a defensiveness. And while I understand that because what the, what higher ed does is too important to be to be misunderstood, especially because of the or, rule or of dismissed or yeah. dismissed as terrible or unimportant or of, to be avoided. And that's, you know, so, you know, but I agree with you. That's that is that doesn't mean that there's even people who are doing that. Again, you can you can not necessarily agree with them, but you can't really afford not to not to hear what they're saying. Yeah. And so for me, I'm always, my bias is around just like, you know, I, I run a collaborative. So I, I believe there should be more collaboration in higher ed. I, I really think that the individual institutions being obsessed with the boundaries of their own campuses, like, I think it's not helpful. I think it prevents us from actually accomplishing really big things that could change the world. And I think we have a lot of tinkering in silos and repetitive mistakes and all that, you know, blah, blah, blah. That's from how I look at the world. This is a space where I see it most of all, is that the response to public sentiment about higher ed, no matter where it comes from, is typically it is a broad, is broad feedback about what is being offered, is broad feedback that is communicating information from an audience about what my needs are. If you can tap into curiosity, that's what they're, they are communicating, what I ask for, what I need, what I value. And, and if you really want to create things that resonate, you have to listen to the language and you have to actually like use the language and like be, you know, that's what designers do. And what I hear is nah, just nah, not true. And more than anything, the response, if it's a, you know, higher ed, blah, 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 whatever the negative thing is, the response is always individual institution leaders saying, no, our graduates do great. And that is not responsive. I am Ray Magliozzi, co-host of NPR's Car Talk. If you're working to solve the biggest challenges in higher education, you've come to the right podcast. And if you're looking for a student retention platform proven to get results, check out Mainstay.com. I may be biased because the CEO of Mainstay just happens to be my son. So instead of taking my word for it, you can trust the research they've done with Georgia State, Brown, and Yale as proof that Mainstay improves enrollment, retention, and well-being. Visit Mainstay.com research to learn more. It doesn't demonstrate the listening. It doesn't demonstrate uh, that we've actually even heard. And, you know, when I am talking about innovation on stage, the thing I talked about is like this generation, and by that I mean any person alive today who you want to serve to go to college or whatever, they are the most sensitive to bad design of any prior generation because of the proliferation of user-centered design and design thinking. So we have a lot of examples of things that work and are really effective and seamless and intuitive, and we love that. And so you are alive, if you are alive today, you know what that experience is like, and you are going to mentally compare higher ed to that. And so when you come in and you get look to your left, look to your right, and you have that mindset, like, so I'm trying to talk, coach institutions about, we really do, empathy is the first step of design. That's how you, that's how you create great things. So this all connects to what you're saying in terms of if we're not listening, if we're not willing to even, be, to not be curious because, and if we're defensive and we're all repeating the exact same thing, this cacophony of no, my students do great. It doesn't, it, it's where I feel like there's like a escalation in the fervor. There's just like a, it just, it's getting more intense because you have someone who is communicating a need, which is really not a, a criticism of higher ed, I think. I think it is society's needs have changed. That. Mm -hmm. 
the people no longer believe in the American dream. Higher ed is the talent activator for the American dream. And, and so they're really saying this is this, they, their criticism is about these things are now needed in order to compete in the workforce. And if I want a gateway to the middle class, or if I want social mobility or these, like I, and I, and I think they're being voiced as criticisms of higher ed badges, certificates, skill, whatever. Again, it's feedback about what people need now and it's information about them. And higher ed takes it as a criticism. And I just think it turn, it, we close our ears and we completely shut off any curiosity. And if we would just not do that and we did it as a group, we would actually have a great. Yeah. No, I think that's, that's, no, I think that's, I think that because that I, I, I think the, the sort of cycle that you're talking about can only make it worse. Be, you know, if, if the cycle is, you know, here's some feedback um, from, and, and the response is talk to the hand, we're doing fine. The, the thing that's, and this is, I agree with you, what you said about the sort of collective nature of it. And because most of the criticism isn't of specific institutions. It is of the opportunity being provided or not to by the by the whole, and and that's that's where that that idea of oh my graduates doing great. Well, what about the people who your institution and many institutions, if not most institutions, are ignoring or not serving well? And the thing that probably worries me the most right now is that I think I'm definitely seeing evidence that date and to some extent, even you know some people in the federal government and certainly uh, plenty of funders out there are increasingly questioning whether higher ed is, whether it continues to be what it has purported to be, self-purported to be the, the best way for people from not a lot to change their lives and, and I think there are, we're starting to see, and again, some of it's obviously uh, mostly signaling in the in the sort of changes that states are making in who they hire and whether they have degree requirements. But I think there's, it's more than that. It's actual there. It's in some of the things they're funding and who they're looking to be the pipeline to the workforce for low, you know, for people from low income backgrounds, and and so I think there is risk that the non-responsiveness leads to actual questioning and potentially walking away from higher ed. And it doesn't, as you said, it. I, I don't think it has to be that way. I gave a talk yesterday to a group of uh, higher ed association people, and essentially the, the takeaway point I tried to leave them with is that I think higher ed has done a, itself a disservice by letting others define the ways in which the institutions are falling short. And as opposed to a group of institutions, ideally, looking at what the mission, their mission ought to be today, the thing, what the, how, how they're up their historical mission, which remains in many ways the, the right mission, even for today, but it's, it's, it's different in this, in this moment because every moment is a little different. But collectively saying, this is what we, the undersigned institutions are try to do for our learners and for the country. This is how we're going to measure our progress on achieving those things. Have at it. As opposed to letting this politician here, that foundation there, define what it wants. I think there's been a higher ed has created a vacuum by not explaining and 
defining for itself how it wants to be held accountable. And we are in an era of accountability and we're not, we're going to walk in, that's not going to end. So I think there's an opportunity for institutions collectively to come together and say, this is how we want to be judged and watch us progress. Uh, And that's, that's, you know, I think about that. That is a lot of what your, you, uh, your organization has done and your members have done in, in the areas that they've worked, but I think it could be expanded and broadened. So I'm biased. I know my bias, right? Like I, I believe these institutions literally change lives. I am sold. Every time I go to the campus, I'm like electric when I leave, like just activated by seeing the stuff that's actually happening. It's so cool. There's too much cool stuff that's happening and it's hard to distill in a conversational talking point always. But on that, that era of accountability piece, I think it's really interesting that like what I hear from you is that states are now shifting who they consider responsive to workforce needs. And I think that while I have lots of examples in my head of all my of things my campuses are doing that are, are actually like direct workforce stuff or working with public policymakers, what I broadly, I agree with you on that trend because I think what it is is a reaction not to whether or not higher ed is the right actor. It is a reaction to it is being non-responsive. And, and showing an unwillingness to listen and be obsessed. Like when I, as a policymaker communicate that the people who I talk to on the street, they mainly care, they can't buy houses. There is more class tension than there has been in a really long time. People really are frustrated with wealth inequality and income inequality and all these things, right? And then there, you know, you got all kinds of stuff going on. And then you have things like the hearing this week where higher ed, I will say beyond the substance of what it was about, the physical posture message was, I don't have to respond to you. Like, I don't work for you, right? Like that, that, that like somehow above criticism, it's just not a good look. And so I think that it's entirely possible that policymakers, when they are, they are getting feedback about what everyday Americans care about, and then they get the, the knee-jerk response for, from a sector is, nah, my graduates do good individually. And there's not like a collective sense of leadership. Like this is the stuff I talk about. I feel like my newsletter's been building to this, which is like the need for actual industry leadership, not just posturing for the market share. Like if you get the microphone, like we need, we need real leadership here, but also this conflation of feedback about higher ed that's really about the public have has different needs in the future of AI. Like we are, it's worried about different things and it's looking for something different. And so you telling me how your graduates are great is actually not responsive. And, and yes, higher ed actually is the gateway to middle class, to social mobility, all those things. But you st- we should still open our ears and listen because it's actually feedback about the way that we are being perceived and the public has different needs that are evolving and they, des- they deserve our entrepreneurial kind of attention and energy. And I think policymakers would respond to that. They would not need to go elsewhere. I think that's right. And 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 what I am, I, I say this a lot, and I get some pushback sometimes because people who are on the ground, I can t- I know that there are times where college leaders and others just feel like they're getting the the shit kicked out of them all the time. And I get it. But I actually think I think the I think we have a very forgiving and understanding public in general, and and I'll, and one that starts with a deep well of confidence in what institution in the role that institutions roles that institutions have historically played like this is not a uh, despite and again that hearing this week in dc you know it was hard not to feel the enmity toward uh the institutions but like there is most people still believe in higher ed and i think actually 
there's still a lot of evidence out there that the institutions are doing, I mean, obviously you said it from what you see on the ground, um, but institutions are a lot of ways better than they've been before. They're doing lots of great things, but the needs are changing. And I think the, the, the disinclination, what, what I think the public really wants to see is recognition that they can be better and then work to make progress. Like if there's progress, nobody, I, don't, I think that's what people want to see is acknowledgement that uh, uh, of, of a need to get better and then efforts to get better and, be, and, and deliver more. And like, that's going to be, I, I think that would be enough for most mm-hmm. of the critics out there. Yeah. I think. Um, but I, and I think it's that last lack of recognition that is the, the, the fundamental problem in certain yeah. ways. And when you ask about the, you talk about the era of accountability, I actually, so this is one of the things I say, again, like the cornerstone of my work is higher ed was never designed around students. It was designed around faculty originally, but today it is more designed. It, there's an, there's no design and it's, it's haphazard response to whatever new requests coming in from the outside. People don't have time to work on their work. They don't have time to think about, you know, new reports to the state board, to this system, to this, like, there's so much more that we're trying to be accountable about. And um, I don't think that there, I think there's an array of outstanding things that we're contributing, but not all of it matters to the person listening uh, at once. And it's not helpful when we are asked for, you know, how should we judge you? We need to synthesize all of the, the things, but and, and, you know, talk in a conversational way. But I also think oftentimes we are, you're getting that defensive trigger. You're getting the, let me tell you the list of things that we do, da, da, da. When it's really like, I need to listen to where you're coming from before I can give you a response that will actually solve your problem. So it's like, is it that you want that the American dream is not a illusion? For most of the people in my state, got it. You want, you know what I need to do that? I need to actually look at all of our data, but I also like, this is the thing I've been thinking about lately is we need a strategic plan for the United States around talent and opportunity that has equity embedded. Like, I'd love that. I just want to manifest that existing. Like there was an adult in charge <laughs> of, and, and that it gives us a North Star around degrees in the face of AI or what, what you know, and, you know, I think what you and I talked about this, that I think that especially as AI conversation evolves, I think that people who are our alumni are a whole new market who need to be served because they all need the AI hat. What is the AI hat? It is my modified skill and technique and expertise to whatever degree I already had. There are going to be ways that different disciplines change and we should be in real time bundling and packaging and figuring out what those are because every one of our alums is going to need it to adapt to the workforce needs in the face of in, in the future of AI. And like, that's a whole thing you could offer. <laughs> That's a whole separate, you know, and when, so when we think about workforce needs and things like that, like, I just think that the demonstrating curiosity, listening, and not just overwhelming the person with a list of great things that we do. Um, people are looking for higher ed to say, fair point on this one issue. Yeah, we actually screwed up on this one thing. Um, and it doesn't need to be like, so for instance, on the student loan stuff, like, I, you know, I stay away from it. But in general, I think uh, it's a, easy to say we're not a monolith. And there are some institutions who have taken real advantage of people. And that was wrong. And in fact, like those, hey, those are not us. But like, I just want to be clear, like, yes, there should be forgiveness on these things. When we're talking about for-profit colleges, like there are some very clear black and white cases where it's like, I'm not saying, you know, cost money to educate a person. What we do is changes people's lives. It's worth it. It's the best money I've ever spent. But in this thing over here, yeah, 
fair point. Like the people are looking for a response and not just like a, a straight up no, <laughs> because it makes it sound like we're not listening and we're not curious. And so I think on the accountability stuff, like I think we're more than accountable, but we do need like synthesis, listening, reflection, and conversational communication instead of condescending, talk down to you and I'm smarter than you and, and you don't get it because because it doesn't pass the vibe check. It doesn't meet the moment uh, either. Yeah, it's, it's and, and I, it's, it is, um, there's so much, so, I, I, as I was saying to this group yesterday, there are critiques that are unfair and I'm not suggesting that, uh, you know, I think there is the point you made about sort of listening does not mean agreeing, but it is, um, there's just, it is the, the dismissing is just, is just damaging and it's gotta be, it's gotta be done differently. And, and it is really tricky because it doesn't take, you know, as we've seen, as we saw from this week's hearings, people paint with a very broad brush and, you know, but the perception that higher ed is arrogant affects every every single person who works in the in the industry and every single institution and yeah. you know, we're not very good at nuance we're not very good at separating and and that's where that sort of collective really becomes important i so i will one the ivy league does not represent higher ed it has an outsized amount of attention and that bothers me and bums me out and it, it irks me quite often but that this is a case of like this does not speak for higher ed. And I would love that nuance to be understood. And I know it won't, but I will just say to, to end on a positive note that this stuff that I'm talking about, the fact that I can talk about in the podcast, like we talk about these things, we're thinking about this though. And, and as a collective, so there is hope. I, we're not the only ones. I think that institutions, there are, I sent my newsletter out about this, where I was basically saying like conflating two separate things. Like there's feedback that is really telling us that the public wants something different and we're taking it as an attack. And like, we should actually you know, listen. And I got a lot of responses back from a lot of different institutions who were like, yep, I agree. And in fact, I'm seeing it this way and here, and they shared things they were doing. So I feel like there are hotspots of promise and places where these conversations are happening and people who care about these things and who see things from a way that is responsive to this moment. And I think, especially as my institutions, and we'll talk about this in the next episode, you know, I'm, we're, we're rounding the bases on year 10. Our interest is not just in producing a new goal, that is exactly like our last one in terms of, you know, thousands more degrees, we're really wanting to be responsive to the needs of this moment. And so I'm spending a lot of time being reflective and listening about what do, what does the American, what does, what does it mean if the American dream really is, is a reality for any person? What would it look like? What data do we need to be looking at? What, you know, populations do we need to be serving better? And so, you know, we're not the only ones, but I will say there is a lot of reflection right now and people are, synthesizing past work, past lessons to come up with a new response. I don't think that we're going to feel this way about this feedback for a lot longer. I think you'll you'll still always see some institutions that don't perhaps carry that baton, but there are going to be the leadership we're looking for is here and the opportunity and the the leaders and the collective kind of voice it exists and it is it's not just in my in where I work it's there are there's a lot of reasons to be very hopeful about the future so 100% and and that's the thing and and I'm higher ed is up to can do what people are asking for it just will require continued adaptation but it but it and that's the thing I think it, it, you know we've, we've beaten this pretty to a 
bloody pulp at this point, but no, it's, I think, the, I think it's, it's, it's the, it's the, per, it's the perception of not listening. And it's the, like, it, it, I don't think people are saying you're crap. They're saying you're not giving us what, what everything we need today. And, and so I do think that, that higher ed absolutely has the ability to respond and is going to remain the primary way that most people develop their careers and figure out how to live their lives. Like it's going, you know, but it's, again, it just doesn't mean that, that they can't be doing it better. And Mm -hmm. that's where we are. No, totally. So if you're at home, I hope that you have appreciated that this is just us reflecting on what we're seeing broadly, but that there is like I said, I hope there's a hopefulness the fact that we're having conversations like this out and, and it's not just like, you know, us stewing silently oh, is, is great. And I love using your journalist perspective because you really are looking kind of super broadly and I get to own my bias. <laughs> Big fan. Like if I, I need to purchase a foam number one finger, you know, and I could just hold it up because <laughs> I, I, I really, in my mind, I feel like I have that uh, quite a bit. So anyway, for higher ed in general, what you do matters. And I think that we're about to have a moment where we're going to speak differently and and the public is likely going to be, I hope, responsive. So hope you have a wonderful week. It's been a great chance to synthesize where we're at today. And Doug, as always, you're an excellent co-host. I'll see you soon. Good seeing you.